really enjoyed your sermon, particularly the part about the pin in the gutter on lane 15. <sighs> that wasn't me, that was the manager. Are you sure? Because it really spoke to me. Marge, it's as plain as a bruise on my shin. There's no place for me here. Where are you going, Reverend? The town's that way. Reverend, you're going the wrong way. I'm sorry, Ned. Looks like God has packed up and left Springfield. <gasps> no, no, you're lying. You're lying. What makes you lie? <laughs> Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode EABF06. It is episode 10 of season 14 of The Simpsons. It is Pray Anything. I am Dando. I am Guy. That was meant to sound religious. I don't know if it did or just uh, boring. I don't know. <laughs> it sounded like when you're at primary school and it's, Good morning, Mr. Why, is it, why do you do that when you're at primary school? Why do you introduce or welcome people very slowly? Yeah. I always remember when you get to year seven, the principal arrives as, as like welcome day or whatever, and they go, hi, hi, new students, and you go, good morning. No, no, no. You're in high school now. You greet people like actual yeah. normal human time beings. To, time to start growing <laughs> up, trying to be an adult and not do that weird little sing-song thing. Like you're at yeah, like yeah. the village of the damned or something, those really spooky <laughs> kids with the glowing eyes. No, no, no. Let's... Uh, Let's talk like normal people. Let's talk like Dando and Guy, shall we? evening, podcast listeners. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. Oh. <laughs> anyway, we're here to review Pray Anything, aren't we, Mr. Davis? How are you doing? I'm doing all right, actually. It's uh, been a very productive day at Shea Davis. I did a lot of housekeeping, a lot of house cleaning, performed little tasks that have just been on the to-do list for God knows how long. Actually, they've been on the to-do list for so long, they fell off the to-do list and just like, that'll never happen. Why, why even try? Why even bother? I have a to-do pile? <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally have a to-do pile, actually. I mean, I've got to I did s- say that you fixed the light bulb in your fridge. That's pretty impressive. It has honestly been that way for over a decade. That I will open the <laughs> fridge and it will be dark and I'll be... So, well, I won't have to rummage around to find what I want, but... Uh, Sometimes I think, hmm, life would be more convenient if I had a light in here, wouldn't it? But let's rewind a little bit because I was cleaning the oven. Fascinating content. Oh, this is what the four-finger discount <laughs> listeners are here for, guy cleaning his oven. But cleaned the absolute shit out of that oven and then realised, wait a minute, the light's not in here either. Where is the light thing? Found it, unscrewed it, like, yeah, I've got one that can fit in there. Put it in. All of a sudden, I can actually see what I'm cooking now. I thought, it'd be nice to see what I'm refrigerating as well, so... Got in there, messed around with the light bulb. Everything, it's a big day for illumination at the Davis household, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> feeling very feeling very good about myself. Just when you knock off little tasks like that, it's like, okay, well, that's baby steps and now it's time yes. to take sort of bigger boy steps and, I don't know, refinance my mortgage. Um, <laughs> pay my taxes. Pay my taxes. Oh, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> So I was going to say, when you were cleaning your oven, did you at least have no funeral attached to the back of your oven? Oh, man. Oh. I'll tell you what. My oven is actually so filthy that I'm going to go a second round with Mr. Muscle. So I promise I will 
put a no funeral sign and see if someone can, you, sh- you should actually come over and take a picture. Oh, well, it'll be great, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Oh, okay. You'll, you'll notice we're not talking about Pray Anything. Why is that the case, do you think, Dando? Well, I thought Pray Anything was an episode that had a, an interesting premise, just lacked a solid execution. I, I enjoyed the aspect of uh, Springfield going to shit without a church and without love joy, despite the yeah. fact that it's already a uh, story we've kind of had with the episode from, I think it's season eight or seven in Marjorie Trust, where she becomes a listen lady and the Reverend leaves for a while. <laughs> I'm sorry. One of the best lines in Simpsons yeah, history. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, lady. This is the listen lady. Yeah, well, listen, lady. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Anyway, please continue. Yeah. But so, so we've kind of had this story before, but they just went with it further here. So the overall premise was that Homer thinks by praying for things, everything happens. Despite the fact that it's all just coincidences that it all happens. Yes. The only problem is that with this episode was that this was written by two uh, freelance writers, right? Okay. And what we got here was like the, I say modern, when I say modern day, I mean like season 14 writer's version of what Homer is. And it's jerkass. He was a prick to, not to his friends, I guess, were not part of the party, but he was just a douchebag throughout the entire episode, really. Always smarmy. Only thinking about himself, just being a real dick. And I thought, we've just come off this great episode with, I say great episode, but the, mm. I thought it was a great version episode, of Homer. Yeah. A great version of Homer last week with Strong Arms of the Mar. He's really supportive of Marge. He just, he wanted the what was best for her. And then he just, we cut to this. And I was just like, what? what? And that's the problem when you have, when you bring in people from the outside who are writing their first episode I guess they've only they watched what's been happening on The Simpsons recently and they go well that's what they want it's like no no, not not really you know like I just this was this felt very much like season 13 Homer I thought season 14 they've kind of gotten away from joke ass Homer a bit but man this really smelled of just it, it, it took me out of the moment I just thought why is Homer such a prick again Felt like they were trying to wedge Peter Griffin into Springfield. That's actually, that's fucking spot on. Actually, I didn't even think about that. It was fuck. They watched Family Guy. You're right. Yeah, and they thought, what do people want now? Family Guy's the hot show. Let's put Peter Griffin in The Simpsons because this thing's you can actually envision this to be a Family Guy episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it started with actually with the chalkboard gag, with the blackboard gag. Mm-hmm. I know we're cutting ahead of ourselves, and I'm stepping on your toes here because you often talk about that. But I mean, no, sorry. SpongeBob is not a contraceptive. Is something some wise guy thing? Not not even the wise guy would say, but some wise guy in the writers' room would say. And it's like, yeah, it's a pretty funny gag, but it's like, yeah, but I don't think it's a Bart gag. I don't think it's a not a a, a ten year old's gag. Yeah, not really. No, it feels like a kind of <laughs> SpongeBob. Yeah, is he sponge worthy? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It reminds uh, me of, get, of Seinfeld. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's not really a good joke, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we could use it as a blackboard gag. <laughs> what a win! So it kind of set a tone for this episode, which was yeah, a little smarmy and a little sort of jaded and. Not to my liking, I would say. I mean, I didn't dislike this episode, I have to say. It was just one of those episodes, though, where it just kind of feels like it's just there, though, doesn't it? To quote our man, just a bunch of stuff that happened. But I will say that there was a story in there somewhere that could have been, if if executed correctly and with more gags, I guess you could say, it would have been better. Because let's get to it. Okay. Hey, my favorite. So my favorite moments, right? Mm-hmm. One of my favourite moments wasn't even a funny moment. It was when the Reverend packs up and leaves and Marge says to Flanders, I think guys just packed up on left Springfield and Flanders breaks out into tears saying, you're lying, you're lying, what makes you lie? 
And I know it's meant to be funny because it's Flanders, but no, it's actually quite a, a heartfelt moment. And I thought, when I watched that scene, I went, see, this episode actually could have had some substance to it. That this, mm. this part here really meant something to Flanders because a lot of the characters, particularly in this episode lately, have kind of felt like the gags that they're given could have been given to any other character. It's like the characters don't really have personalities anymore. It's just like, all right, here's a gag. Who, who can say it this week? All right, Sideshow Mal, that'll do. Carl, that'll do. Comic book guy, that'll do. As opposed to what would that character say? Say, very this good felt point, like a, Dan, yeah. This felt like a very Flanders moment. And for a brief like scene there, Flanders had actual substance to him again. Because lately he's just been sort of thrown around as just the, the wuss. Remember back in the day when Flanders, you know, he was a goody two-shoes, but he also had a, a rough edge to him, you know, and if you're not careful, I'll run you down to my car. You know, he, he still, <laughs> we had the Hurricane Eddie episode, so he still had a, like, a, not an, an angry, so I guess you could say an angry, like, if you pushed him to the limits, he would get shitty. We don't get that anymore. He's just such a pushover, and I like here just seeing some emotion from the character of Flanders, because he's always getting pushed around. He's always like, hey, you can do what you want to me. I've got, I don't care. You can push me around all day. But here, he actually showed Real sadness. And I think it's the first time he's shown sadness since the episode Maud got killed. I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, I mean, look, I actually have What Makes You Lie down as yes. one of my favourite bits because, well, actually, I find it kind of funny, which means I've got a, a cold black heart, black mm. as the ace of spades, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. I think you're right. Ned's kind of the moral centre of Springfield in a lot of ways, Although you have different moral centres scattered throughout the whole uh, the yeah. whole series, I guess. But I think your go-to is um, your go-to for goodness is Ned Flanders, essentially. So, yeah, yeah making making fun of him constantly as uh, as the show seems to be doing recently, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily a good look. I would prefer if that make, I mean make fun of him by all means because you know I think The Simpsons tries to make fun of everyone, but try to balance that out with sometimes he's right or more often than not he's actually right as much as you hate to admit it um the other thing is what you were saying before about how this episode had a really good idea at the heart of it but was poorly executed i mean there's a lot of talk about you know the church failing its uh, congregation losing its status as again a moral center and things like that yeah i think that's a really interesting idea that could be explored in a humorous way and this episode seemed primed to do it in a few ways, but never really went all the way with it or explored no. it all that fully or all that interestingly. It was just sort of all over the shop. I think if they just cut out all the shit with the with the female basketball, the WNBA, just all the jokes at female athletes' expense, cut all that shit out. And I mean, like Flanders wins $100,000, right? And then you never hear from that again. It's like, that's, that's, that's a lot of money. You could have come up with a far easier and quicker way to have Homer go... Why does everything go right for Flanders? That could have been like a 30-second scene. Homer going, why is it like this? You didn't have to waste five minutes on a pointless uh, visit to the WNBA game, you know? So I just thought they focused more on Springfield going to shit and didn't really have it in a way that resulted... Like, have Homer get the deed to the church, but maybe it'd be through luck as opposed to suing the church. Yeah, and, and that would sort of play into the whole everything's going Homer's way thing. Yeah, yeah, suing the church just seems... It's hard to describe. It's, it's, it's really... It's, it's this like, whole episode had just a, a, a bit of a bitter undertone yeah. to it, a bit of an undertaste. And uh, maybe you could have had, for example, the Reverend has to go out. And I, I, I mean, I'm just spitballing here. You could literally just come up with an idea where Homer has to take over the church for... for or maybe the, the Simpsons family take over the church. 
and Homer throws the beer bash or whatever, but he's not doing it. Like, he hasn't rid the town of the church by suing the church and costing mm. millions of dollars. It's just Reverend's put him in charge, and whilst he's out of town, Homer does the wrong thing, and everything yeah. goes to shit. And then everyone realizes, oh, wait, we need Lovejoy back here because he's like, he's like as you said with Flanders, he's like another uh, another moral center of, of the town. Because yeah. I think the, the character of Lovejoy doesn't get appreciated enough. Like, he, he's, you know, he, he's there every week doing his sermon. Mm. He clearly doesn't necessarily love doing it as much as he used to. He used yeah. to love it. But he's, he's always there. And when you take him out of the town of Springfield, it just goes to shit. There is a gap, yeah, or things are thrown a little off kilter. Yeah. I want to think, I did want to point out, though, was Reverend leaves. Oh, no, sorry. When Homer gets the deed to the church and, Flan- and they say, we're going to live with the Flanders, I was like, but what happened to your house? We've already established that you mm. live in a house with your daughter, Jessica Lovejoy, who I guess has obviously been sent to boarding school cool. again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- at least that I can buy, but I'm like, but you have a house. Why, why do you not have a house anymore to go live in? What, you, didn't, you didn't live in the church. Why, why do you all of a sudden have to live? Yeah, are you, are you going to say, well, if you're out of the church, are you out of your house as well? I mean, is it a package deal? Because Maybe. when they gave them the deed to the church they didn't give them the deed to their house either did no. they a lot of things go unexplained like, like reverend arriving in a helicopter at the end <laughs> <laughs> who's driving the helicopter where's the helicopter come from <laughs> i like to think it's arnie pie yes i will accept that i'm assuming it's because arnie pie is one of your other favorite moments because you Yay, do love arnie. <laughs> arnie pie showed up as angry as ever <laughs> he really was angry, wasn't his he? grudge against ken brockman <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, always happy to see Arnie Pie. Um, as look, listeners know, always happy to see a collar tug. This time we got a clerical collar tug <laughs> from, uh, from the aforementioned Reverend Lovejoy. And I must admit, I did laugh at Jesus H. Nice. <laughs> you know what would have been cool? I'm just thinking about Arnie Pie and Brockman and their feud is a celebrity death match episode with Arnie Pie versus Kent Brockman. <laughs> Um, I, I think Ken Brockman would probably win, though. I think he's probably got more to lose. Arnie's got the anger, but uh, Kent has got the. Um, Kent's like, you're not, you're not taking it away from me. No, nah, I reckon Kent would underestimate him. I think Arnie would fight dirty. Oh, I think that's a given. <laughs> <laughs> Next question: You there, eating the paste? Alrighty, trivia for pray anything. I'm going to kick off this week, if that's okay with you. Go right ahead, because I have got what I think might be the toughest trivia question of all time. Oh, my. I'm excited. Okay, well, here's one of the easiest ones. The sign one. (laughs) (laughs) I was keeping an eye on the signs for the most part. How much is courtside seats at the basketball? That was my very first question, and it is 30 cents. Correct. Uh, My first question, and this is not the tough one. We'll get to the tough one eventually. Mm. We're working working our way way up to it. Who... To whom is Ned donating $50,000? Bibles for Belgians. Bibles for Belgians. Those, those not quite Frenchies do need them. What was Flanders' seat? Oh, 16D? D16? Oh, it was section what, row what, seat what? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> no, that's too much information. <laughs> section A, row 12, seat 16. Was I at least part? I said 16. You said 16D, which I'm, I think is like a brass eyes, but. <laughs> <laughs> Your next question. How many times did Homer pass out on his lawn? Oh, shit. Is this the hard one? That's the hard one. Mm, good question. I'm going to go <laughs> with 14 times. You're close, but you're actually not close at all. <laughs> 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 it's 22 times. 22. Wow, we. Yeah. Because okay. I. 
freeze the frame and I counted them all. <laughs> well played, Mr. Davis. Good stuff. Yay! My next question is, who was defeated at the bowling alley during the Reverend Sermon? <laughs> I've also got that. It was the best way linen supply. Correct, yep. <laughs> uh, what caused Dr. Nick's injury? What co- I, I know he was driving around drunk in a cemetery. Is that the answer? Yep, that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and my final question is, who is playing in the WNFL that Homer has tickets to? What are oh. the two teams? Oh, it's the, is it the Cowgirls versus mm-hmm. the somethings? <laughs> Think of the West Coast what? Oh, the Eagles. But the female version of that would be the? Oh, the Sheagles. The Sheagles. <laughs> <laughs> I think all that stuff with the uh, with the female sportsmen, I, or female sports people, sorry, I know it looked like it was taking the piss out of them. And this is not me trying to say, can't you take a joke, ladies? I think it was more taking the piss out of just the poor response that everyone was showing. And, and still shows in 2021 to AFLW. Well, yeah. But actually, I wasn't a huge fan of all that stuff, but um, at least, you know, was it Lisa Leslie, the the, the basketballer? She's who, the, the genuine one, yeah. Yes, yes. It was um, yeah, showing up Bart's bad grammar and all that kind of stuff. Uh, do I have one more question for you? Yes, I do, if you'd like it. Hit me. You ask me this every week and I enjoy it. Go. One oh, more okay. question. Let's do it. <laughs> what does Lenny covet? Oh, chili fries? Chili fries. Chili fries, yes. Mm. The whole shebang. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's trivia for Pray Anything. We'll be right back after this very short break with our full in-depth review of the episode. Amen. Yes, it is time for our weekly Patreon shout-outs, kicking off with our $100 patron for the month. That is Mr. George Holt. Thank you so much, sir. Also, shout-outs to our $20 patrons for the month, kicking off with Jonathan Rossi, Jordan, Moleman, Richie, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Dylan Haggett, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Kane Von Nagy, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, Jenna Rice, Matt Thompson, George McMenemy, Adam Sanderson, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Ben Smith, Bella Winderbank, the iconic June fucking Richards, Sean Devey, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, and our man, Groundskeeper Noah. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support. Remember, guys, if you do enjoy everything we do here at Four Finger Discount and you want to show some support, you can join the Four Finger Discount family today by going to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Or if Patreon isn't your thing, that's fine as well. You can simply chuck us a PayPal donation at fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. All donations will get you a shout-out on the podcast. But for now, guys, sit back and enjoy our review of Pray Anything. The original air date of Pray Anything was February 9th, 2003. It was written by Sam O'Neill and Neil Bichelle. Now, Sam O'Neill, when you look him up on the Simpsons wiki, it has a photo of uh, one Jurassic Park. What's his name? I know Sam Neill. What's the, what's the character's name? Oh, Alan Grant. Alan Grant. I was about to say Ian Malcolm. No, that's not the person. Alan Grant, yes. <laughs> it's got a picture of Sam Neill. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Sam Neill? What? No, it says, this says O'Neill. Uh, I did some proper, proper, you know, flicking through. Sam Neill did not write this episode. It was a it was a uh, freelance writer called Sam O'Neill, and these two never returned. So either they didn't oh. like the experience or they didn't like the writing. But the thing is, they must have liked the writing because if they didn't like the writing, then they wouldn't have made the episode. So That's true. Who knows? Uh, it was directed by Michael Palsino, 
who has directed many episodes in the past as well. The chalkboard gag, as you said earlier, SpongeBob is not a contraceptive, uh, which, by the way, is not written on the Wikipedia page. There is, as, oh. according to the wiki page for this episode, there is no chalkboard gag. So I thought, oh, I wonder if recent episodes, because I've been going by, I usually skip the intro these days. I've been going by the wiki page. I hope I haven't been missing chalkboard gags that appear on Disney Plus but don't appear on the wiki page. Interesting. Not too sure. But uh, and it was the couch gag was the one where the, the baby or the, the toddler picks up the family like they're little toys. That was terrifying. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> the episode kicks off with uh, the family walking into Springfield a Square Garden. I've got here. You couldn't even come up with a joke. At least Futurama had Madison Cube Garden. You know, like just Springfield Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, try a bit harder. <laughs> yeah, they're at the WNBA game because you know nachos are nachos. What do you think of the Bart line where you sort of not flirting but just doing your growl sound at the women. Yeah, he's 10. What's that? Oh, he's 10. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure that I had my series of crushes when I was 10 years old. Sashwa, no wonder she's spicy. That's not a Bart line. <laughs> no, it's not, is it? A lot of these lines felt like... As I said earlier, anyone could have said them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the character here, by the way, Fun Pang Lee, not real. Mm. I don't believe she is. No, no, just made up for this episode for the gags. You have Homer wondering what it would be like to be with a woman that tall. She lifts him up to take a bite out of the moon. Mm, Far-fetched. Yeah, but then, again, closes out with a little chuckle, which I'm like, I don't think that was entirely necessary. Didn't really add anything to the uh, overall gag, which was not all that great to begin with. So, pray anything, you're not off to a flying start. Then we get, I thought the episode got better as it went on, but I just, this first five minutes or so, I just sort of went, mm. ah, whatever, just sort of skimmed through. So Lisa Leslie's here and she's, um, she, you know, she showed girls that you can grow up to be six foot five. She makes fart of Bart's grammar, as you mentioned earlier. Then we get the mascot here and I thought, I really want to know what guy thought of this mascot, the banter between Mo and Gil here. Hmm. I watched this with Nicola and felt extremely awkward. <laughs> and felt a bit uncomfortable. Yes, yeah. Uh, the one bit I did like... Look, I'm always happy to see Gil because Gil is kind of my spirit animal. Yeah. It was a funny uh, reveal You know, when it comes off like, oh, shit, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and Gil say, ah, swish was everything I'm not. <laughs> I must admit, I did get a good laugh out of... But they, you just took it too far, Simpsons, the whole proposing thing. That, that part there in a few moments, I was like, why? Yeah, I mean... Why does he have an engagement ring in his pocket anyway? I've no idea. You could have a lot of fun with Moe so, you know, hooked on the idea of a swish that he's just willing to keep it going. Gil's so desperate for some form of attention or validation or even payment that he'll, um, he'll roll with it as well. But no, it was just a cheap kind of let's get married gag, which... Which, which went nowhere. That was it for Mo, you know? Nowhere, correct. This whole, this whole opening act just went nowhere. Like, Flanders literally won $100,000 and then there was no mention of it again. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm not saying this would be a better ending to that gag or a better payoff or whatever. But, okay, he wins fifty grand, which he donates to Bibles for Belgians. The, the mad Texan is so overwhelmed by this that he gives him 100000 Flanders then gives that away, you know, and the the Texan's like, holy moly, and it just keeps going, going, going. I mean, I don't know how long you can sort of play that off, but, or the Texan doesn't know what to do with it. Wait a minute, now what do I do? Yeah. Well, when when Homer fell into the hole and he said, I'm going to sue the church, 
my immediate thought was, oh, okay, well, Flanders is going to offer him $100,000 for him not to. Ah, yeah. But it just never came into play again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't I don't know what happened with it. And I, now I'd like to find out. <laughs> what did he do with it? I'm assuming he gave it away. But yeah, like he said, he did the $50,000 half-court shot. We don't do that in Australia, I don't think. I went to a couple of basketball games this year and they didn't do the half-court thing. Oh, okay. At the AFL here, what they do, well, in Geelong anyways, they have a giant coffee cup. And I think it's because they're sponsored by some fucking coffee place. I don't know. Name the Bean Squeeze, whatever. Bean Squeeze, yeah. And if, if some regular from the crowd can kick the ball into this bucket, then everyone gets a free coffee on the way home kind Ooh. of thing. <laughs> it used to be when we were kids, they used to hand out these these cards, little cardboard cards, and used to say, if Geelong wins by 23 points or more or whatever, you get a free Big Mac on the way home. I remember when Geelong did, it was the best. But the problem was you'd <laughs> wait for two hours just to get your fucking Big Mac. <laughs> What I did like about this scene, though, was the uh, the music. I thought the uh, the score underneath Flanders having his shot mm-hmm. was really cool. It was very unique. I've never heard this on The Simpsons before or something different. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but before Flanders does his shot, he prays, which yes. obviously sets up what comes off later in the episode. But we get the, the moment you said earlier with my proposing, then he donates the money, and the rich Texan gives him $100,000. Also, that we- that was weirdly cut in, the... Uh- Weirdly edited in the whole marriage proposal bit. Yeah. Sort of, it sort just, of disrupted the flow of what was happening on the court. I think it was just to sort of show how long the ball was bouncing around on the ring. I don't know. But Flanders' car's also still blocked in, so they offer him the chance to drive the Wienermobile home. I liked Homer here. Oh, Flanders, sorry. He says, well, that cuts the mustard with me. <laughs> Flanders does have some good one-liners lately. I will give him that. <laughs> I just loved how happy he was that the steering wheel was a giant onion ring. They thought of everything. <laughs> <laughs> and Homer is disappointed. Homer is then using the swing to spy on Flanders' grass because it's definitely greener on the other side. And it's only because Homer's always passing out on their grass. You look at our backyard, right? And you can see where the dog urinates. Oh, jet. Kills the grass. It's just patches <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Flanders, what's your secret? You never get arrested, you don't buy your clothes at Mr. Blob, and look at your beautiful lawn. It sickens me. Well, whatever I've got, I owe to hard work, honest living, and flossing my teeth, tail, and toes. Plus a little prayer now and then. So that's all it takes. A little prayer. By the way, I did like uh, Homer's shout-out to the uh, clothing store, Mr. Blob, clearly where the big men buy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just thought that was very funny. Mr. I Blob. Where, I think that's where he got the moo from. <laughs> He's then watching a Ken Burns uh, documentary, I want to say. Who is Ken Burns? I would be all over a Ken Burns documentary. They're marvellous. Ken Burns is like the premier American documentary filmmaker of the last, I don't know, two decades. Really? I okay. did one on, I think his most famous one is probably The Civil War. Well, this came out. This came out nearly twenty years ago, so it must have been a thing even then. Absolutely, I'm pretty sure the Civil War was in either at the end of the '90s or early 2000s. All right, but he's like they say here. He's done one on jazz. He's done one on baseball. Did one on World War Two. Recently, done one on Muhammad Ali. Did a big one on the Vietnam War, and they all are very much the same. They all have a. They make use of a lot of archival footage, a lot of narration over the footage. I'm all over a Ken Burns docker. I mean, I can easily while away a docker, uh, while away a weekend watching them because they usually go for about 10 or 12 episodes. 
Um, I will say, though, that his hair is, in fact, weird. As I said, does he have a bad haircut? Yeah. He does, yeah. <laughs> Still, to this day? He, a little bit. He looks like is the it, comedian like, Tignataro. Is it like his shtick or something? What's that? Yeah, is a it bit. Like, yeah, it's a bit of a bowl cut. Still, to this day? I think so. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, Homer can't find the remote. He wants to turn this documentary off, so he takes Flanders' advice and he prays. All of a sudden, he finds it, changes the channel to Monkey Olympics. And I thought here, in brackets... This is something Guy would watch. <laughs> and Dando was right. <laughs> I would especially watch Noodles of Figure Stater going right off. <laughs> Ooh, low marks. I've never seen Noodles this mad. She's throwing her diaper at the judges. Oh, Lord. Please guide that diaper into someone's schnoz. <laughs> yes! We come back from commercial, and Homer is setting up a prayer station at his desk, and we get the card, the Vengeful Guard, Loving Guard. This is very similar to bed goes up, bed goes, bed down. goes down, bed goes up, bed goes down. Carl arrives and Homer explains his whole prayer theory. And Carl says, yeah, whatever, cool. And Carl then points out how he can't believe the Olympics judging. It was Bernardi you got a pill to get a 5-9. <laughs> On the way home, Homer now prays to God to come up with a new delicious treat just like Colonel Sanders. And we get a mixture of fudge with pre-cooked bacon. So move over eggs, bacon as a new best friend. Fudge. I did like that the driver uh, of the bacon truck yells out fudge before he crashes into it. He then prays for Bart to hopefully get Bart's homework. Is it finished or gone away or something? I think I gone know. away, yeah. Yeah. March says, you know, just stop this. It's ridiculous. God is in some kind of holy concierge. Not a bad line from March, actually. Yeah, yeah. He then prays to get the sink unstuffed. March says, look, I'm just going to call the plumber. And he thinks that God is the one making her call the plumber. <laughs> like it's... It's just, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then Marge says, you know, most people pray quietly. Marge, he's way the hell up there. Up there. <laughs> <laughs> now the wise guy appears. And I got here, Mr. Davis would be very happy with this. He loves the wise guy. And he's the plumber this week. And he finds uh, some trees in the plumbing and says that there's more roots than a list of all-time best TV shows. And he says the moisture was, it will definitely ruin the drywall. I hated this next moment. So Maggie comes out of the wall, and Homer's like, I'm glad social services didn't see yeah. this. I was like, oh, man, well, we got it. You didn't have to yeah. explain it to me. <laughs> uh. I did li- but what I did like, though, was Homer, I don't know what it is, but I'll be talking to Elliot, and I'll talk to him fine. I pick up Holly, I'm like, how's it go? You just be- oh. <laughs> Your whole language changes when you're talking to a baby. I don't know when, what it When is. they're that small. Okay, I was about to say, is it because did you talk that way with Elliot? Or? Yeah, we did. And then okay. now, because he, I think once they start talking back in structured sentences, <laughs> you just start like, to... Okay, we better start doing this normally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they, they always say that you should always talk to the children as if you would talk to another adult. I mean, don't, don't expect them to understand <laughs> as much, but yeah. still use proper words and talk to them properly. It's how they develop sentences and words better. That's what I've been told anyway. I don't know whether that's correct or not, but... We'll soon find out. We soon, we'll soon find out. It's weird though, like, Elliot now is getting really good with his speaking because for a while there he was oh. still sort of, not behind the pack, but he was just using his own words as opposed to... Don't <laughs> ask me what. Yeah, don't ask me why, but for about six months there, instead of saying thank you, he go, bum... That was his way of saying thank you. Don't ask me why. I don't, I don't know where it came from. Say bum. No, no it's, it's like B-A, um, bum. Bum. Yeah, you'd say, you'd say, say thank you, Ali. You go bum, bum, bum. And then one day he just goes, thank you. You're like, oh, you got it now. There you go. Just, you, just, you just got it. Nice. <laughs> but right, it was always well. bum. 
All right. Well, if he's starting to speak normally, (laughs) I think my time with the podcast is almost up. (laughs) We're now at the church. The sign says, God, the original Tony Soprano. I had that written because I thought it's either 30 cents or God, the original (laughs) Tony Soprano is going to make the trivia competition. Well, there's another sign later in the episode that you may not have noticed, which will be a later trivia question for you. No. (laughs) Homer prays for a new house because the moisture's ruined the drywall. And you think he's fallen into a deep hole. Now, I read on the wiki page that Dan Castellanata, when they recorded this scene, actually went longer. But they just uh. cut it down because it would have been just too long. But uh, it reminded me of when you've seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, right? I have. I love the gag where they're falling down the hole. Uh. They start talking and then all of a sudden they start screaming again. <laughs> <laughs> but he's actually fallen. Homer has fallen into a shallow hole and he thinks he's broken his leg. And Larry H. Lawyer Jr. arrives, says he's going to help him sue the church. I think my leg is broken. Slip and fall? Can't go back to work? I'm Larry H. Lawyer Jr., and I will fight for you. I also habla espanol. So that's your answer. I'll sue the church. Oh, no, we can't sue the church. They'll poke fun at us in the church bulletin. It wouldn't be the first time. I couldn't help it. Those pews are so comfortable. You have rights. You deserve financial compensation. He got me $60,000, and I was driving drunk in a graveyard. Have we seen Larry H. Lawyer Jr. before? No, but what Al Jean apparently said in the commentary was that they, ever since the passing of Phil Hartman, they've really struggled to introduce a lawyer that could come right. even close. So they were constantly bringing in new lawyers and stuff, and this was another one, and just that just didn't work. It, it just didn't. No. I mean, you can bring up any character. It ain't Phil Hartman. I mean, he, this this character reminded me of this uh, character that uh, Bob got Bob Odenkirk did on Mister Show. I think I've talked about him in the yeah. past. His character Don Pratt. I'll try and put it, I'll put a link up on the on the Facebook page because it's sort of the same look and same mannerisms and everything. But anyway, yeah. But Larry H. Lawyer, eh, look, he gets the job done, I guess, but. He's no Lionel Hutz, is he? No, not at all. They're now discussing at the kitchen table. He points out, you know, that... So, I've got here, right? Lionel Hutz delivering this line would have been really funny. Where he says, no, you're actually hurt. And according to this book, that's a big plus. (laughs) Imagine Phil Hartman saying that line. It'd be hilarious. Yeah, he'd crush it. Flanders arrives through the window. Why is it that Flanders just occasionally rocks up to the kitchen window? It means he's jumped at the back fence and he's yeah. just at the Flanders, he's just conveniently at the Simpsons window. Why Why is he ha- jumping the fence? How <laughs> does he know? He's not <laughs> omniscient like the almighty. I mean, Ned, what do you got going on there? Have you got a line to the man upstairs who's giving you tips? It's happened a lot lately where someone just rocks up to the kitchen window just to chop. Ch- it's a very sitcom trait where someone just rocks up to the window. What's going on, people? Can I join in with this scene? And it's like, yeah. why are you in their backyard? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Flanders, he's pleading for Homer not to sue the church. Please don't do this. But he still lends him his pen to sign the deposition. Now, you're my first client who actually is injured. According to this book, that's a big plus. Homer, please don't sue the church. I'm asking you as your friend and neighbor. Can I borrow your pen to sign this deposition? Oakley, Oakley. Why do I always give in to him? It's his skull. It's hypnotic. We're now at the court case, and the Reverend asks how the judge's wife is going. Not good. <laughs> killed by a clergyman. <laughs> I don't know if she's killed, but she was run over. Though. Oh, run over by a clergyman. Yes. yes. <laughs> I think the blue-haired lawyer showing footage of Homer that he's injury-prone, getting his head, uh, sticking his head out the window during a foggy morning. Morning, hitting a bunch of mailboxes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cletus then does his introduction, or his, his little funniest home videos line. The judge has a go at him. He says, we've 
uh, vote Homer to win $1 million. He is he succeeds in his case. Homer then asks for it in lottery tickets. <laughs> I didn't mind that. Because <laughs> he totally would. Uh, Reverend points out that this is not a synagogue, so he can't afford this. So they give Homer the deed to the church instead. Homer thinks God is doing this, but no, Lisa says this is actually the work of Satan. Mm-hmm. It's all good. He then take, well, the family then take over the church. They all arrive. He removes, Homer removes the let no man be turned away doormat and replaces it with Simpsons country. I laughed. And, I'll admit yeah, it. Yeah. I've got here, so clearly Lisa is not okay with this, but then she's apparently excited to move in. A little bit, yeah, but. You would think that, again, she would be the voice of reason within the Simpsons family, or her or Marge, and Marge is to some extent. Not to, but, not, she doesn't, the thing with the character of Marge now is she doesn't push back on Homer as much as she used to. Mm. She used to be like known as the well, nagger. <laughs> unless, she she's, nag- unless she's muscle-bound and having her way with him. That is true, yeah, but she doesn't like nag him anymore. She just accepts his shitty behaviour. And granted, we haven't had this kind of shitty behaviour much in season 14, but this episode just sort of made, uh, just gave me season 13 vibes. Mm. thought we'd gotten past it, but hopefully we don't get too much more of this. No more freelancers. That's what, that's what <laughs> I'm only hope for. Need <laughs> it, Sam O'Neill. Sam Neill, please. Oh, of course. Dr. Alan Grant. <laughs> <laughs> the Reverend then leaves um, with some advice on, you know, days Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. Marge mm. apologizes. He then says he's staying with the Flanders. And as I pointed out, like, what, why? Where's his house? Why is he not going to his house anymore? Maybe that was a package deal. Who knows? Yeah. The church is now an absolute mess. Homer's turned it into his own house. I, I didn't must mind. say that it looked like a cool place to live, the way they set it up. I, I will say that I didn't mind Homer dancing to Kiss. <laughs> the no, problem is though, there, was, there was no gag there, though. It was just Homer. He didn't change the words or anything. He's just dancing no. to the song. Yeah, when Homer's singing pop songs of the past, he's usually messed with the lyrics a bit. Yeah. It's become a funny gag as a result. This when was I need to be, go in the kitchen sink. Yeah. Uh, by the way, can we rewind just a little bit because mm-hmm. there was an instance, there was a gag that really sort of illustrated to me what was sort of wrong with this episode. Uh, when the dog comes out that's got all the church garb on it and Homer says, oh, he thinks he's papal. Now, that's a funny instance of nifty wordplay, but it's not that funny. Or a line that Homer would say. Yeah, it's it's clever, um, but at the same time, just not funny. So I think that was my problem. It sort of sums up my problems with this episode. It's like, this is going for the, yeah, nice one, guys. What do you think? High five, as opposed to... <laughs> <laughs> good gag. Mm, that's good people. Mm, uh, that's good wordplay. <laughs> Dad, there's a bunch of people in the community outreach center. We'll just see about that. If it weren't for Alcoholics Anonymous, I'd still be sucking the juice out of glow sticks. Oh, yeah. Glow sticks. I'm so sorry for all your horrible problems, but this is our dog's room now. Wherever shall we go? You can come to my church. And what church might that be? St. Paulie Girls Cathedral. Again, Homer just being unnecessarily rude to people. Yeah, I can't I can't truck with uh, kicking an AA meeting out of its uh, out of its sacred space. Not cool Homer. And I understand when it's episodes like this, if you just if you hadn't watched The Simpsons for a while and you tune into this, you'd go, Why would I watch a show about a character that I used to love and 
relate to is now a horrible human being. So why would I want to watch this? Or what's happened to this character? Yeah. It's um, it's, it's the, one of the worst versions of Homer we've seen to date, I reckon, this episode. It is. And I think if you're going to have an episode like this or scenes like this where he gets very full of himself or very proprietary or something like that, he's got pride. There has to be a fall as well. And, there's, there's no and he has to be humble and he has to be like, wait a minute, I've learned something. I mean, you know, a nice South Park takes the piss out of that kind of thing, but occasionally a lesson's a good thing. Yeah, but he doesn't learn anything in this at all. She's like, no. oh, God is vengeful. It's like, oh, okay, that's it. All right, cool. Mm. But anyway, so before that, Mo uh, says, you know, come to my church, the St. Paulie's Girls Cathedral. St. Paulie Girl and a brand of beer. Is it really? Okay, I was going to ask you what that meant. Okay, cool. Thanks for the heads up, Mr. Davis. Hey, no worries. <laughs> Homer says he's going to make it up to the Alcoholics Anonymous group by throwing the bitchinest beer bash this town has ever seen. This is where we get the next sign. It says, housewarming party, let there be light beer. Everyone is really happy with the party. It's like Dick Clark's parties, fun but not too fun. Marge, however, is not there. She's at one of Lovejoy's uh, temporary, or she says temporary church. Yes. which is now the Barney's Bowlerama. He's getting constant interruptions between just loud and obnoxious groups bowling to the left and over to the right and uh, and crusty bowling bonbon to his feet. I like he nearly said shit there. <laughs> Hibbert with the claw machine. I would have appreciated it if Hibbert was trying to get the lobster harmonica from the bowling episode with Mr. Burns. Uh. <laughs> that would have been a cool throwback. Marge then says to Reverend, I really enjoyed it, especially the... the sermon about the uh, pin in gutter of lane 15 or something. It was actually the manager. This is where Reverend just realizes, you know, there's no place for him here and he drives away and Flanders is uh is really upset. I did like, I really, I really did like this moment. I love the, you know, Reverend, you're going the wrong way. T- town is that way. I thought they really gave Flanders something here to work with and it's just never elaborated on. It's just Flanders is sad. That's it. Like, and even, yeah, and even that whole... The way he says, lie. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really making sad. light of it. Not mocking his pain, but it's diminishing it a bit. I think it would have been better if Flanders... Some, like, like, that $100,000 needs to come into it somehow. He needs to use it as a way to get... Like, I, I thought it would have been better if Flanders somehow won the church back from Homer as opposed to, oh, God's just taken yeah. over. And, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed a bit far-fetched and for me. Yeah, he had to use the 100000 in a way that almost ran counter to his beliefs. Yes. You know, like he had to go gamble with it or something. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we then get the Brockman News Report, and you know, it's one of your favourite moments. Good evening. Springfield is still grappling tonight with the departure of Reverend Timothy Lovejoy, local Bible nut. How is our community coping with this spiritual vacuum? Let's ask Arnie Pie in the sky. You want to know what I see, Kent? I see a slow news day with nothing to fill it. Arnie, you're supposed to be filming people coping with the loss of their church. And how am I supposed to do that? Do I have a magic lens that can see into people's souls? Well, yours would be black, Kent. Black is the ace of spades. I'd love to know what ruined Arnie's life mm. there's a prequel there waiting to happen call it American Pie just a, a solo <laughs> episode called American Pie why don't you write one just write a spec script I'm sh- I I think I reckon we could get it made I think we should collaborate <laughs> on a spec script why not let's just do it we'll get it made yeah. let's let's just write season 34 of The Simpsons fuck it quit our jobs 
Write spec scripts. <laughs> <laughs> Can we maybe write the spec scripts and then quit our jobs? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not put the cart before the horse. <laughs> Marsh then uh, turns off the TV and she goes to tell Homer, you need to send everybody home now. It's been two whole days. Mo here. This is very similar to the I've got a hot date tonight gag from the Springfield Files. <laughs> hey, hey, you can't throw us out. I just made a Cornish game hen with chestnut stuffing. Would you believe a pigeon stuffed with Spam? Would you believe a rat filled with cough drops? Flanders uh, is then watching... Oh, he's watching with the binoculars, isn't he? He's watching all... He's listening he's, and he's watching. listening in and making sure that... Uh, well, he's seeing that all the... Well, nearly all the commandments are being broken. Well, yes. not all of them, except... Uh, wait. <laughs> because, like I said, we still see Flanders in this episode and he's not happy with how things are going. But the payoff is that he has his own arc. Like, that's the joke? I was like, Flanders yeah. should... It's not what? really a community-minded thing no. that Ned's doing. It's more a extreme religion kind of deal. Yeah, it's, this episode lacks a point of view. It's, it lacks a point. <laughs> <laughs> and it lacks a view. They've been playing strip poker. Again, Mo with the uh, making Barney take his clothes off this time. You know, slowly, make me forget about my troubles. I was like, is this? are you trying to imply that Mo swings both ways in this episode? And also... Yeah, don't over-egg the Mo is desperate for sex and or love thing. In the same episode, yeah. Once every two or three episodes. <laughs> even that's too much. <laughs> and even that's... Three times a season. <laughs> yes. Once, twice, three times a season. Homer, Lenny and Carl... This this next part, I just went, what is happening? So Homer, Lenny and Carl are cooking steak. And they're t- saying, a couple of you know, one guy could make all this up. Great food, party, sunshine. We get the... the you know, some would be chicks with a thousand boobs. I was like, oh, okay. But then Carl goes and prays to Lenny's dad's hunting trophies. A lot of random shit that's just... <laughs> These guys are fucking family guy writers, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the this, is a fa- this, this, is a, this is a family guy episode. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. I didn't even put it... I didn't even think of it that way, but you, now that you've said it, all I can imagine is this is what would happen in a Family Guy episode. You think that's bad? You remember the time that Carl prayed to the hunting trophy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This is not a very good episode. I'm sorry, listeners. Just We're we're almost there, Dender. We're we're (laughs) approaching the finishing line. Let's let's do it. We're almost there. Come on, buddy. Marge questions Homer, you know, if all this is incurring God's wrath. Also, just to rewind a little bit, that... Mm -hmm. When, you know, uh, they're talking about the god with a thousand boobs and Marge just sort of gives her boobs a quick look and I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what that's about, if she's a bit disturbed by these guys, if she's thinking, oh, I wish I had a thousand boobs. This has no point. (laughs) (laughs) Brain thing has no point. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I don't know. Uh, Why was his dad's hunting trophy in the boot? I don't know. I think this episode is the work of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, guys. We don't regularly... Like, if you're a regular listener, you know we don't constantly hang shit on The Simpsons, but this episode just... Things need to be pointed out. They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe we should get uh, Sam Neill, one Alan Grant, and Neil Bushell on the on the episode one day, on the show one day, and just question them. So... Oh. <laughs> so, what, what, what was on your mind, guys? What, yeah. <laughs> what was all that about? Elaborate. I think that might be the same person. I think it might be Sam Neil Brashard or whatever his name is. Marge then questions Homer of 
all this is incurring God's wrath. Ham says, no, God's cool. And, See, I don't think that he is. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know that he is. We then get a little shower. Uh, and Homer screams, turn this rainwater to, into wine. And then he gets struck by lightning. Okay, you got two of every animal, but only males. I don't want any hanky-panky. Hey, 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 cut that out. Is that the end of Flanders in this episode? I'm pretty sure it is. I don't believe we see him again, even at the uh, conclusion. Yeah. He, he should have been the core of this episode, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, he was the reason Homer started praying in the first place. And then he just becomes an, another character. So everyone is now on the roof due to the flood. Bart says, maybe you should stop praying, Dad, that, and see if that actually works. Yeah. And, and then everyone just starts saying, this is all Homer's fault, you know. But I'm like, you were just enjoying his party at the church. Yeah. Like, what? what? <laughs> ah, well, it, it goes to show that the people of Springfield are a bit hypocritical and a bit, sh- they you know, they got short attention spans and they're quick to assign blame at anyone aside, besides themselves. And Mo doesn't need a reason to skin somebody, apparently. No. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for an opportunity. Reverend then arrives in his helicopter. I'm not sure how, but it doesn't matter. He asks the law to spare this sinful town. They were misled by a demon in blue pants. All of a sudden, the rain stops. By the way... Demon in blue pants, a, a little bit of a shout back to a few episodes ago when Bart referred to as the devil in blue shorts or something. They said demon or devil in this episode. I wrote demon, maybe it's a devil, but yeah, it was a, the, the devil in blue shorts himself. Yeah, special yeah. Edna. Yeah. yeah, and now we've got a demon in blue pants. Yep, similar gag, yeah. The Homer hasn't learned anything. All he's learned is that God is capable of great anger and mercy, but mostly great anger. And Lisa tries to explain everything, how the flood happened, because it was due to the ash from the fire, and there's lack of trees, which is why it flooded, then why the rain suddenly stopped, and she says, I don't know, Buddha, Buddha. cut to the sky, I'm assuming heaven, and we see Buddha, Colonel Sanders, and God sitting there, and Colonel Sanders is feeding God popcorn chicken. Baking it, Dando's idea of heaven, because yes, exactly up there right. with the Colonel and some KFC, presumably unlimited. I still remember when they first released Popcorn Chicken in Australia. My little mind exploded. <laughs> I don't really rate the Popcorn Chicken now. What about you? I'm a Tenders man, obviously. Oh, I'm, I'm a Tenders well aware. Popcorn Chicken, I find, it's a lot of the time you get it, there's not even any chicken in it. It's just like the batter. Yeah. I think I would go Tenders, Nuggets, probably Popcorn. See, <laughs> with Nuggets, I only recently started getting back onto Nuggets because for a long time I saw those videos of the pink slime and thought it was real. No, it's 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 proper chicken. <laughs> yeah, especially the KFC. Apparently, the KFC ones are like pure breast chicken. I don't know. Oh, nice. Brought to you by our special friends at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Thank you, Colonel. <laughs> Salute. <laughs> but uh, pray anything. This is an episode that I will not be revisiting anytime soon. It didn't. It angered me more doing the review. Watching it, I wasn't bothered by it. I just sort of thought. Likewise, uh, actually. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not even angry, angry at it now. I just. There was a lot more when you when you're critiquing it. <laughs> do the, do the dad thing, Dad. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Just disappointed. Yeah. I, I mean, when you're critiquing it, you have to either point out whether something's good or bad, or what you think of it. And a lot of the stuff in this episode, when I really thought about it, wasn't that good, unfortunately. Yeah. And I didn't think I was going to be so negative on this episode because I did like the premise of what it was trying to achieve, but it just did not stick the landing at all, in my opinion. Not that it even didn't stick the landing. It was just a, a fairly didn't land. shoddy routine <laughs> all the way through. I mean, you know, this was not um, Simone Biles or anything like that. This was a kid doing tumble turns on the mat. Yeah, if we're just, talking, if we're 
going to use a really shitty gymnastics analogy. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Um, that if the flood does come and you are going to uh, create your own ark, make sure you have male and female animals. Mm, that is true. I learned no more freelancers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've learned that uh, shallow holes can lead to deep pockets. Ooh. Wow. The Dando line of fortune cookies coming soon to a uh, coming soon to an Asian eatery near you. From this day forward, your names will be... Alrighty, it is time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. The current leaderboard stands at this, Mr. Davis. In first position, we have Philip Hawkins on nine points. In second position, Nick Patterson on seven and D.L. Gorman on five. What do we got this week? Do we have any notable mentions? Or we no, let's, three, let's go straight to gold, silver and bronze, shall we? Let's do we? it. Okay, bronze, one point, goes to Matt Leewald mm. with Irreverend Homer. Irreverent Homer. All righty, so that puts Matt on two points. Nice work, Matt. Two points to Thalia Enriquez. Thalia. Is it Thalia or Thalia? You say Thalia, I say Thalia. I'm, in, I'm inclined to say Thalia, but I think she may have told us that it was Thalia. Okay. Let us know, Thalia. Hey, T. Thalia. Lady that's T. your real name. <laughs> Ms. Enriquez, please let us know yes, uh, whether Dando or I are correct in pronouncing your first name correctly. We wouldn't want to insult anybody or misname anybody. It'd be a dreadful, dreadful thing for us to do. But in the meantime, I'm going to go with the H. I'm going to say Thalia Enriquez, who gave us two good ones. House of Clod. Oh, very good. Now, before you continue, speaking of the word Clod, apparently the whole WNBA aspect was because in the episode Children of a Lesser Clod, where Homer starts his own daycare episode, they wanted to get a lot of NBA stars on, and they all denied them which is oh. why they got WNBA stars in this episode. There you go. Hmm. We had fun and we learned a little something too about this episode. <laughs> Thalia also gave us 101 damnations. Oh, that's great. Well done, Thalia. I like it. Pretty good, isn't it? Mm. Three points, however, and they must be good if they beat Thalia. It's Philip Hawkins. Wow, wee. Phil Hawkins with the goods this season. Wow, wee. What's he got? He gave us stained glass wind doughs. Mm-hmm. Always with the doughs. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm trying to... You're a donut. <laughs> that, that was solid, man. Props. <laughs> good for you. Uh, that was a good one. Slightly better was A Room with a Pew. Yeah, very good. Well done, Phil Hawkins. It, where have you been all our lives, Phil Hawkins? Just, you know, he's there listening to the podcast, enjoying it, and then one day just decided, you know what? Time for me to... Dominate the Guy Davis New Name Championship. But, well, uh, oh, I, I feel like though <laughs> we get one of those memes in the Patreon groups with Phil Hawkins at the front, and then like behind him is like DL Gorman in the shadows, and then further in the shadows is like Garode Harryhill. <laughs> 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 They're just watching from a distance, going biding my time. It's child. that one where um, <laughs> Henry Cavill is at the, uh, the yes. Justice League premiere, and Jason Momoa is just sneaking up on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So now we have a new top three. DL has been kicked out. No longer in the top three. Now bye, in third bye, position bye, on six bye, points. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> is Thalia Enriquez on six and third. Nick Patterson still in second on seven points. And Phil Hawkins is now five ahead of the pack on 12. Whoa. Wow, wait. We're still, I think there's 10 episodes left this season. I think there's only 20 episodes this season. Let's, let me just double check that, make sure it's right. Have a look. Simpsons. Season 14. 
Oh, no, there's 22 episodes. I don't know why I thought it was only 20. So there's still 12 more episodes to go, which means there's still how many three-pointers? 36 points worth of uh, new names for three-pointers out there. So, you know, there's still plenty of time to catch up to Phil Hawkins. He's he's five ahead of the pack, but you can easily, with a few three-pointers, catch right up to him. So you can do so by being a four-finger discount patron at patreon.com slash four-finger discount. As little as $1 per month to get access to the Facebook group. We can banter with the guy myself each and every day of the week, as well as early access to the show and a bunch of other good stuff. Just go to patreon.com slash four-finger discount. But for now, Mr. Davis, it is time for the mailbag. Ooh, let's reach in. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Alrighty, so first question here comes from Andrew JP. Uh, JP is my dog's nickname, Jetty Pumba. Oh. So... <laughs> JP is the nickname of my uh, good friend. Well, one of my best friends since I was a young man. Yes. He's been mentioned on the podcast numerous times, old JP. Shout out to JP. Do you guys enjoy watching women's sports? Uh, Andrew's favourites are women's cricket and the WNBL. The Canberra Capitals are his favourite squadron. I really enjoy netball. I've always enjoyed watching netball. I don't enjoy sport at whichever gender's playing it. <laughs> no, no, I take that back. AFLW, I've actually got quite the kick out of, pun not intended. Uh, women's soccer as well, I find. Uh, no, watch women's uh, soccer. Women's cricket's awesome as well. Bit of a blast, so yeah. The hockey, hockey is it the hockey ruse? I did watch a bit of that during the uh, most recent Olympic, actually. But yeah, AFLW, I'm uh, very partial to. Go Catters. Um, but yeah, soccer as well, I think... Uh, Women bring a velocity and ferocity to the soccer that I've seen them play. It's good stuff. I see you being a, a foxy boxing viewer. Well, I was about to say, you know, <laughs> um, I like a hot oil wrestling, foxy boxing, and indeed such and such. <laughs> Ian Astley says, as the title is a play on Say Anything, what is your favourite John Cusack movie? And if you don't say Con Air, you're incorrect. <laughs> That's a very good point. Con Air does indeed rock. I'm going to name check three that I mm-hmm. really enjoy. Can I guess one? Sure. Gross Point Blank. Oh, okay. Make it four. Being John Malkovich. Make it five. <laughs> okay. What's your other three? <laughs> I was going to go for some more semi-obscure titles, but these mm-hmm. are, those two are also very, very good indeed. Uh, from early in his career, I liked The Sure Thing. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first films that Rob Reiner directed, and it is Cusack and Daphne Zuniga from Spaceballs and the early seasons of Melrose Place. Two college students on a road trip out to California. He is on his way. He's this he's guy who basically just can't <laughs> has no luck with the ladies, and his friend has set him up with a girl who is supposedly a sure thing. Um, he doesn't like the girl that he's on the road trip with. They are complete opposites, but somewhere along the line, they fall in love. It's all very, it's all very nice, but very, very funny. Cusack is a sounds very John Cusack. It is. It's a good stuff. Um, let's uh, skip ahead a few years to the nineties, and Cusack is in a movie called The Grifters, a crime drama based on the great crime novel by the great crime novelist Jim Thompson. Uh, Cusack is a small time uh, hustler, con man grifter who gets caught in a web of deceit and weird sexuality and all sorts of fun stuff with his mum and his girlfriend who are more similar than (laughs) anyone would like to admit so that's a that's a good little movie it's very dark but good stuff uh and cutting ahead to the 2000s 
he's the lead in a movie that I really did call Identity. It's uh, have you ever heard of that one, Dan? Identity? No, I have not. Yeah, no. uh, it's him, Ray Liotta. It's a really good cast. Good sort of a. It's a murder mystery set in this uh, isolated motel somewhere in the uh, in the Nevada desert, mm-hmm. and people start dying. No one knows why. But there's a big twist that I will not reveal because we've already spoken this episode, or maybe off camera, we or off off air, we talked about how you don't like people revealing twists. Is there <laughs> a giant spider in the sewer? I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're all they're three very good movies, and also Gross Point Blank and uh, Being John Malkovich. Also, John Cusack movie, all good John Cusack movies. He's got a lot of good stuff on his resume. That man. I will say, though, that uh, listeners will be like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's no discussion about spoilers because we had that off-air about Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I was, I was saying we had it off-air. Off oh, did you say off-air? Okay, I thought you said during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, Squid Game. So I posted in the Patreon group, Squid Game. No, no, no what did I say? Uh, nah. No, what does Charles Brosnan say? No dice. No dice. Oh, no said, dice. Because, okay, listeners, if you're out there and you haven't watched Squid Game... Don't make the mistake I did. I watched the first episode with English dub and subtitles. Uh, because we always have subtitles on because we just have to listen to stuff quietly because we've got kids. But the English dub makes it come across like a year eight stage play. It's so corny and bad. I rewatched it, the first episode, with the Korean proper audio. So much better. I really enjoyed Squid Game. I will not spoil anything. Mm-hmm. But if you don't enjoy shows that showcase, as I said to Guy... The worst in humanity, you won't enjoy this. But and I was it, like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> but so Nicola has no interest in watching it, but I really enjoyed the twists and turns. But I had a person from work who spoiled it for me before I watched it and then said, Don't worry, it's not a spoiler. And then when something happened, I went, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty big spoiler. That <laughs> so, was a pretty big spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> all right, listeners, if you're at all interested, uh, once I have completed watching Squid Game, Dan and I may well talk about it. Let us know if you're yeah. interested. For sure. It's the number one show of all time on Netflix, apparently. Most watched show ever. So Ever? Yeah. The most watched show ever on Netflix. Oh, good golly. Mm. Wow. Took him 10 years to get it made, apparently. Kick it and turned down, and now he's the most successful show in the history of Netflix. So, well done, sir, whoever created Squid Game. But that could be a potential podcast in the future. But this has been Pray Anything. Next week, Mr. Davis, we are going to be reviewing the episode that is titled... Barting Over, which is what they called the 300th episode, but it's actually the 302nd episode. Uh, I don't know why they chose to do this. I'm sure it explained this on the wiki page and the audio commentary, but I won't check that now. Uh, so <laughs> the next episode is the one that stars Tony Hawk, who was a big deal in 2003, courtesy of all the uh, the skateboard games and things like that. That really, really made him a household name. Extreme! Yes. Uh, Barting Over is the next episode we are going to be reviewing here on Four Finger Discount. Thank you so much to everybody who has rated and reviewed us in the iTunes store. I think we got a new review this week. Let's check it out. I'm going to read it out here on the show. Four Finger Discount iTunes. Just opening it up here. Don't forget, guys, we want to try and get to that 500 review mark. So we're currently on 489. So we need 11 more people. Keep just jump on. If you have the the ability to jump on Apple Podcasts, please Give us five stars. You don't have to leave a review. Just give us five stars. We want to get to 500 ratings. Um, so this one comes here from uh, Mooney Wong. And they said, five stars, fun time is the title of it. It says, Guy and Dana host a good show, which is a great listen. Much, oh, actually. <laughs> they, they say something <laughs> Is it a bad good show that's a great listen or a great show say, that's a good listen? They say something bad about um, Mitch here. Should I read it? <laughs> 
feel, I feel bad reading it. Uh, maybe not on air, but tell me. <laughs> uh, also, follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount, at Four Finger Pod on Twitter. Uh, don't forget also if you want to support the show and get a bunch of exclusive stuff in return you can go to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount or if you don't want to sign up for a monthly thing and Patreon's not your thing you just want to support the show check a couple of dollars our way check a couple of dollar redos you can do so just by sending us PayPal to fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com all donations will get read out on the show as well you will get a shout out we do appreciate everyone who continues to support the show six and a half years long now and we're still going strong thank you so much guys once again next week we're going to be doing Barting Over this has been Pray Anything I am Dando Mr. Davis any final words for our amazing listeners yeah who's Banana you got appeal to get a 500 ratings here shh